millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Whether it's a coworker, friend, parent, or partner, dealing with people who are aggressive or confrontational is exhausting. They try to bulldoze, argue, or dominate, which leaves you feeling inadequate, frustrated, upset, or resentful. But all that's going to change after today. Stay tuned to better understand why people are aggressive and confrontational and my three-step process for handling these situations with more ease and peace. I'm Dr. Abby Metcalf, and I'm a psychologist, number one Amazon best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and all-around relationship maven. With over 30 years of experience helping people create connection, joy, and ease in all their relationships. What's my secret? Well, besides being totally hilarious, I help you think differently so you can approach your relationships in a completely new way. I'm the best deal in town because the tools I teach apply to all your relationships which allows you to simplify your life and find the confidence, calm, and deep love you've been craving. Combining my hands-on experience and all the latest research, I've created actionable tips and tools you can apply quickly and easily to create lasting change in all your relationships today. So let's get to it. Welcome back to the podcast. So nice to have you here. Uh, here being my office in Northern California. If you're watching me on YouTube, if you are, please um, you know, subscribe. It really helps me if you're a subscriber and like the video or give a comment. We love to read those. And uh, if you're listening to me somewhere else, if you're driving or anything, please be mindful and careful <laughs> and focus. And uh, as always, if you can leave a review, I had some beautiful reviews this week on Apple and it was wonderful to read. And thank you. Thank you for those. And, uh, you know, it's, it's it's a wonderful way for you to give back to me if you could. So um, I really appreciate it. And how are you? Let's take a moment. Let's come to the space. Let's be together. <sighs> okay. So this is so interesting. I, you know, I, I have a way that I do the podcast where I schedule time to research, I schedule time to write, and then I schedule time to record it. And I normally stay within those parameters really well. And I, so, and a lot of people have written in over time asking me for this particular episode. Um, I've gotten DMs, I've gotten emails, I've gotten all kinds of things saying, I really need more help dealing with aggressive or confrontational people. And I <laughs> have been writing this for like four months. It's one of those things that was, I don't know, just, boy, I because I really was trying to find the angle that would be the most helpful to really understand why people are aggressive like this so that you could have some compassion or thoughtfulness about these people. I know, right? That you're like, I don't want to have compassion for them, Abby. They're driving me crazy, whoever it is. But there really is something here in how you handle them with understanding, having a better understanding of what you're dealing with. And so 
I, I hope I finally nailed it on the head. I'm kind. This is one of those where I'm glad it's done because I got to tell you, it was just it, the struggle was real with this one. So I love you, and that's why I did it. And I think it's important information, and um, it's the one I'll be happy that it's in the can. Okay. So before we begin, though, I do have to say that. I want to be clear that for our purposes today, I'm not going to discuss physical aggression or abuse. That That's a huge topic and something you should be addressing immediately with a qualified therapist, a healthcare provider, provider the legal system. I mean, that is not something for a little broadcast, you know, a little episode. That it, It's really not. That's a, a pretty big deal. So uh, I'm, I'm saying that out loud so that if you know, that's your situation. This this is not for you today. This is about people, you know, dealing with someone at work who's sort of, you know, gets in your face a little or doesn't even get in your face. They're just aggressive and rude. They're confrontational. They're always, they always have an argument. They always want to be devil's advocate. They're, they seem very negative. That's it, right? You know, um, it could be inconsiderate, rude. Th- those are the people I'm talking about today. So, you know, Aggressiveness is no matter what in this in this way is a difficult behavior to handle. You know, when you're dealing with an aggressive person, you know, because they're impolite or they're inconsiderate, and that immediately creates a space where it's really hard either not to be defensive or angry yourself or not to run away. And I don't know which type you are, you know, depending on sort of your what your own psychological profile is. You might be someone who gets in their face, you know, yourself, or you get very defensive or you run and hide. I know you just avoid them at all costs. So, but you're listening because you can't avoid them at all costs sometimes. And that's why you're here today. So let me just say this first, because I also want to be even clear within aggression, what I'm dealing with, what I want to talk to you about today. So we psychologists, uh, or I guess, mental health providers, probably not just psychologists, uh, divide aggression into two main categories. Okay. So there's two main categories. One is about emotions and one is on behaviors. So let me explain. So impulsive aggression, that's the first category. And that's also known as effective aggression or reactive aggression. It's got a few names. And this is the one, this is all about strong emotions. Okay. So this is the type of aggression that isn't planned. It happens in the heat of a moment. You know, when you you accidentally cut someone off on the highway and they go full rage road road rage screaming at you, that's that's this kind of aggression. Uh sometimes it happens in a moment with our partners, you know, we say something like, "Hey, please don't um put the knife directly from the peanut butter into the jelly because it gets peanut butter in the jelly. Could you not do that? And the next thing you know, you're in an octave. They are just like all over you yelling. <laughs> you, uh, I can't live here anymore. Throwing the knife down. I need to leave. You know, we need a divorce or a breakup or whatever. And you're thinking, what just happened? So it's when a person in a moment, you know, just gets very angry, uh, defensive, outraged, enraged, you know, it's all happening because they feel threatened. And that's why they attack you because they feel threatened in some way, even though it has might have nothing to do with, obviously, let me just say this, it never has anything to do with what you are doing. Uh, People don't 
are in charge of how they react to things. And no matter what you did, even if it was a little aggressive yourself, it's no reason for someone else to be aggressive. But having said that, so that's that. It's this emotional in the heat of the moment thing. The second kind of aggression is what, again, we psychologists call instrumental aggression. It's also called, I think like I've seen predatory aggression is another word used for it. And instrumental aggression is all about the behavior. And it's really about how some people behave as they're trying to reach a goal. And this type of aggression is not spur of the moment. It is premeditated. It is often premeditated. Sometimes it can be spur of the moment, but a lot of times it's not. A lot of times it's carefully planned. Um, So this might be uh, when someone you know, they do something crappy and they say the end justifies the means, right? if maybe I'm someone I want to have, my goal is to have sex with as many people as possible. And if I have to say that I love you, even though I don't to make that happen, you know, so be it. Right. And the next day I'm cold and angry. If you try to ask me what's wrong, or if you try to cuddle or, you know, you think we're something different now and we're not, and I get very aggressive towards you. Um, it's also very commonly seen in a work environment, right? So it might, you know, where someone is just stepping on your back to get ahead with their goals. You know, they have a certain goal. They want to make, they want to have something happen at work, get a promotion, whatever, finish the project first, get credit, whatever it is. And they'll do underhanded bad things to make that happen. And a lot of that's very premeditated. And so that's, again, this other kind of aggression. And mostly what we're talking about, of course, is the first one, right? So you're going to deal, well, it doesn't matter. My three-step process applies to either. Um, But I want you to sort of see when you're thinking about someone, what the difference is, like, you know, how they're coming at you and what it might be about, because it does matter. So, and before we go much further, I'm realizing I should say the difference between one of the questions I get asked sometimes is, is someone will say to me, well, I'm not aggressive. I'm just, I'm just angry sometimes. And there's a difference between being aggressive and just being angry. Okay. The difference is that one is a state. So it's more constant while the other is a trait. So it's more intermittent. Anger is a state, not a trait. We get angry in a moment, right? In a moment you get angry, something happens and you know, there's some external factor generally for that. There's something that happens, you know, some external thing. But when that thing goes away, or as we get farther from it, as it like kind of dissipates from our memory, we're not angry anymore. That's something else, right? Unless we, you know, purposely try to think of it again and get ourselves all revved up. But that's a different kind of thing than aggressive confrontational, okay? Just, you know, and what I found when I've dealt with people who are aggressive and confrontational is that they uh, like to deny that they are, of course. Nobody wants to see themselves that way. Uh, I shouldn't say no one. Some people brag about being that way, but they don't see it in the way we see it. And uh, a lot of times people just say, well, I was angry, you know, I was just angry in the moment. And that's the difference. So that constant aggressiveness, like this person that's just always quote unquote angry, that's a problem. It's, it's again, it's more of like a personality trait than a state. So the, the, this aggressiveness, this confrontational aspect is really someone's personality. And there's been a lot of research looking into the types of personality traits that we most often see in aggressive people. 
And the common characteristics besides aggressiveness itself, obviously, are the following. So, and this is again, how you can tell if it's just your just someone who gets angry versus someone who actually has this issue. And so one of the, the trait, the personality traits of confrontational aggressive people is something we call trait irritability. And basically that boils down to this tendency to get angry at even or reactive to just a slight provocation, a little disagreement, you know, like the knife, the peanut butter and the jelly, you know, really losing your shit over something that it doesn't really match what it's about. Or it's, you've just said the slightest little thing and the person goes off. Uh, it, it's really things that wouldn't necessarily make others, you know, go off. So that's, this, it's just like this trait, this personality trait of irritability, being very irritable. And there is a, a trait, what we call trait anger, which means that, again, in in this in this way, that anger is a trait, not a state. It doesn't come and go. It's kind of always there simmering. It means the person, you know, they have a disposition where they perceive a wide range of situations as annoying or frustrating or, you know, wide range of people who are annoying or frustrating. They have a tendency to respond to these situations with elevations in their anger, with in, in what's called state anger. They're and they're easily sort of prone to anger. They're more they're more prone to anger. They they show anger more frequently for longer periods of time. And what's incredible is that if, when we research them, we see that they have higher levels of physical arousal than people who don't have this trait, trait anger in this way. So a lot of us, when we get angry, of course, we all have some physical arousal, but for someone who has this as a personality trait, not just a, a state of being in a moment, they actually have higher levels of physical arousal, you know, their heart rate beating faster, you know, those kinds of things, what happens physically, uh, you know, our pupils changing our, our respiration, all the things. Um, and they have more what we call negative expressions, like so more ways that they show that they're upset, you know, arguing, being insulting, you know, the things that we, we see. Another, uh, trait, personality type of uh, people who are prone to anger or who are aggressive and confrontational, again, versus just angry, are they often have type A personalities. And, and by type A, I mean a personality that is associated with competitive, competitiveness, high achievement, impatience. Um, that tends to be something for these folks also. Another trait is something called hostile rumination. So there's actually something called the dissipation rumination scale. I know we, we psychologists have created everything, <laughs> but basically this is a scale that rates the, the, the interval, the time between when something happens, what we would call an instigation, between when something happens and when someone reacts with aggressiveness to that thing. So on, on one end of the scale are people are, are inclined, you know, to let things go. If you were at the way lower end of the scale, something happens, someone pokes at you, and you're just at that end where you let almost everything go. You just let things go. But on the other end of that scale, right, on all the way on the other side, um, are people who can't overcome their reactive feelings. You know, they, 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 uh, they they 
they just react very strongly, very quickly. They don't allow the feelings to dissipate. You know, they don't allow them to just go away. And instead they ruminate in a hostile way. And, you know, thinking of revenge scenarios, did I say that right? Revenge scenarios, sorry. Wow, can't talk this morning. Uh, Or, you know, retaliations, things like that. So on that scale, people who are aggressive, confrontational in their personality, when they're on that scale, they're way on that end where they have a lot of hostile rumination. And uh, as, again, like a personality trait. So they're thinking bad thoughts and they're over and over and over often. Another personality trait is emotional susceptibility, what again we call in psychology, which is basically they have a tendency to feel inadequate or vulnerable. I know. It doesn't seem that way when they're coming at you, but that's actually what's underneath. And then the last two uh, personality traits we see are sometimes narcissism, which we'll talk about a little bit more, you know, but yeah, you know, narcissists can tend to be very brittle in this way. Um, and even if they're not like diagnosed as with narcissism, you know, personality disorder, if they have uh, narcissistic tendencies, we can see this there. Does that make sense? Like we, we can see this among, uh, confrontational people. And then the last one is, uh, impulsivity. They have a lot of impulsivity and again, they have a hard time, reining those in. So why people get this way is always what I'm asked next. Like, why is my husband this way? Why is my boss this way? Why is my girlfriend this way? You know, there are lots of reasons why people are confrontational or aggressive, you know, in the way that I just described, you know, not just angry from time to time. I'd say that almost all of them, to me, come down to control. That's it. They fear they fear losing control or they want more control. Again, it's from fear, you know. So in some situation they just feel like they need more control. And so 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 some specific reasons someone might act aggressively. So that's the big one, you know. But specifically what I see the most are first and foremost low self-esteem and feelings of inadequacy and insecurity. Top top thing. Every time. They don't they have low self-esteem you, 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 or feelings of inadequacy or feelings of insecurity. Um, and I, um, you know, I've got like one woman um, I work with who's super angry, uh, super confrontational and uh, this way. And, you know, she's like a Ivy League school trained lawyer. She's brilliant. I, just, I love this client. She's got such a big heart. And oh, hey, the people around her go crazy because she's very confrontational. And that's why she ended up coming into therapy with her quote unquote anger problem, which is really very specifically this, right? And, uh, you know, as I've gotten to know her over time, you know, and I'm not afraid of her reactions sometimes to me, which she doesn't do at all anymore with me, actually, we've been working together a long time. Um you know, it is, it's all these feelings of inadequacy and you look at her and she's beautiful and, you know, she has money and she's got a beautiful family and, you know, all the things, right? You know, check, 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 great career, you know, Ivy League education. You'd look at her and go like, what are you upset about? You know, how could you have feelings of inadequacy? But I hope we all know by now that, you know, you can't be looking at the cover and thinking you know what's going on inside, right? I mean, really. So 
like there's a good example of that someone who seems and she's very intimidating to people she's <laughs> she's really her you know people are just afraid of her and there's this low self-esteem that I, I don't know what else to say that's what her main thing is um and so and then and actually that leads to number two which is there's this fear of intimacy which is another reason people are angry and confrontational. So they push people, they push others away. That's how you can keep people at a distance. If you are fearing intimacy and you're really, you know, confrontational, people don't want to be near you. So you push others away and you're able to just kind of be, again, you're afraid. There's more fear. Another reason is people who have felt, you know, most of their lives, like they're misunderstood, um, unheard, mistreated, any of those are also reasons that people kind of lean towards this. They, they're just so frustrated and this is how it comes out. Another reason, and this would go in with more of that instrumental aggression, you know, the one that's more like behavior, um, is to, they want to feel superior or to show dominance again from fear, <laughs> but they want to feel superior and show dominance. So, uh, they're, they're acting in this way. Um, they want to compete and win or show others that they're better again, cause they have low self-esteem. Why else would you want to think you're better than anyone else? People with high self-esteem and high confidence don't feel a need to do any of this stuff. They're not afraid of other people. Uh, th these people are so afraid They're you're looking at a terrified little child when someone is this way so often. Um, and then I, and I want to really point out the other reason people can be, um, confrontational and aggressive is because they've got a mental health condition that is either untreated, undertreated, or mistreated. <clears throat> okay. That is what I see probably the most commonly. So there's something, they have depression, you know, um, anger, angry outbursts and lashing out is one of the top signs of depression, right? Not laying in bed and I can't get out. I mean, that's there too, maybe, but I see the, when I have someone who's chronically, like this woman that I just described, she had severe anxiety and depression. And that was driving so much of this, hence her feelings of inadequacy and I'm not good enough. She had a ton of anxiety. And when we treated her, when she got actually got some medication to treat that, along with all the work she and I were doing, oh my gosh, the, the changes she made were, I mean, nothing short of miraculous, frankly. Um, so depression, anxiety, substance abuse is another thing. When someone has a substance abuse issue, it can often, and you can be a very functional, you know, alcoholic or a very functional pot smoker and have, you know, and still, and you're angry and aggressive. And this is why it's because that just because you're functional doesn't mean it shouldn't be addressed. Um, and obviously they could have a narcissism, which we've already mentioned that hasn't been really diagnosed clearly. And that's why all this is coming out. So I, I do want to say that. Okay. So let's get to what to do. You know, millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mostly when I think of dealing with aggressive or confrontational people, I just think of being drained, right? It's so, and that's what my clients say and the people I talk to say, it's just so, it can be so draining. So it is really important to use something like these three, this three-step process I'm about to hand down. Um, to to deal with them and to feel intact. Okay, so here we go. You ready? Three steps, three steps. Step one is you have to understand how it affects you, okay? So when you're dealing with aggressive or confrontational people, it generally creates particular feelings in you. <laughs> Either you, you yourself are angry or defensive, it, you feel stress or fear. Um, you might get overwhelmed and defensive. You might get really, all of this is really triggering, right? And so it triggers for you something. Now, when I use that word trigger, I, I shouldn't use it so um, colloquially. I should use it more um, definitively. And so what I mean by that is if you're actually... So a lot of people say, oh, I'm triggered when that's not really what they are. They're just, I mean, they are to a point like, yeah, you did this thing and now I feel this way. But some people go into a very, like if you're, if you grew up with a mother who was abusively um, hostile with you and confrontational with you, when you maybe are at work and someone is even just a little confrontational, you might get triggered to that old trauma. That's different to me, trauma triggering versus just anybody, you know, is feeling a little triggered when met with, you know, someone coming at you. So uh, I, I, I want to be clear about that. Not everybody who has a reaction to someone coming at them with uh, this being super angry or confront aggressive not everyone who ha- who gets triggered who who get who has a reaction to that is getting is getting triggered by an early childhood trauma. I just want to say that. So, but all of that is happening for you, whether it is from an early childhood trauma, whether it's not, whether it's from something else. It you need first and foremost, you need to work on you. I know you want the three steps to be all the things they should do, but it's not because we can't control them. I'm so sorry. I trust me. I try to control everybody. You know, I'm trying to control you right now. It's like, it's what I do. It's what I live for. But we can't. If we could, I would have figured it out by now and I'd be teaching you that. We can't. So first and foremost, you need to work on your own mindfulness. You really have to do that in these situations and not allowing yourself to be triggered. You need to work on, you know, kind of having that, what I call a meta view of the situation. So you can step back and be in control of your own emotions and reactions. So I have done countless episodes, as we know, on how to be more mindful, on what to do if you're triggered. You can look all these up on my website. Uh, Or if you want something deeper, email me and I'll figure out what else I can give you. But it's, I've written, I've done episodes on how to deal with early, you know, emotional trauma from your childhood. I, we have grounding exercises. There's so many things that you can do, but to sit around and say, well, I get triggered and there's nothing I can do is not something I'm going to sit here and listen to. I'm just not, you know, we're not victims in our lives. You're not a victim. I get it. We have been, a lot of us have been victimized. I've been victimized in my life, but 
I'm not going to be a victim. I'm not going to walk around in victimhood because if it helped, I would, but it doesn't. It doesn't make me feel better. It doesn't bring me to a higher level. It doesn't create closer connections for me. And it doesn't make me feel empowered or strong or raise my self-esteem. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't do any of that. So what am I doing? And what are you doing if that's where you are? So if you're thinking in any way, oh, I just can't handle this, you, of course you can. And it might take some work and it might take some time, but uh, come on now, I have faith in you. You need to have faith in you. You can absolutely handle this, but you have to take responsibility first for how you react in these situations. So, and a lot of it, I have to say, you know, all the meditation I do, all the work I do spiritually, all those things are prophylactic. And what I mean by that is, I don't wait until a bad thing comes at me. I fill my tank, I fill my reserves, I have my resiliency high by doing all those wonderful things, you know, by exercising, by eating well, all the things, and eating well includes Oreos. Um, you know what I mean? By doing all those things, when these things come and hit me, I am better able to handle them. I have a full tank of gas, and so I can, you know, or full, that's a worse way to say it. I have a full battery. So I'm not so drained that when this comes on, I'm just, there's nothing left, you know, to deal with it. And I need you to think of meditation and mindfulness that way to stop thinking of it as, uh, oh, what do I have to do right before I see my boss who triggers me? No, what, like every morning you wake up, you do your meditation, you do your hour of power, you do your time. I, I've written all about how to start your day, the best way to start your day. I mean, look on the website. You know, I've talked about all this stuff. You've got to do these things to get ahead of it. You have to start with positive momentum and that's what will help you dealing with these things later. I mean, I can't say it enough. I love you. I love you. You gotta, gotta, gotta. Okay. Gotta, gotta, gotta. So in the moments though, or, and in those moments, I need you to really be taking ownership. So if you know that your mom triggers you. You know, I knew my mom triggered me all the time. I, I've talked about this before. My mom was a narcissist. I So when she would call me, I wouldn't answer the phone. I never answered the phone when my mother called because I needed to get myself in a good place to then respond. If I just answered and we just started chatting, I, you know, and I'm flying through things and talking to the kids and doing work and whatever. And then she gives me one of her zingers and she was uh, or aggressive with me. I, I was going to react. It's hard not to in those moments. But if I can just take that moment, you know, I've done my my work every morning, my, my, my battery is full or close to it. If I haven't drained it all, you know, with everything I do all day. And then I wait until I'm in a very good place. Sometimes that was right away. Sometimes I would call her back within seconds. And other times it would take a day till I called her back. I wanted to make sure I was in a good place. If you're, you know, need to talk to your boss about something and you and and she or he is confrontational or aggressive, then you really need to make sure you're in a good place to talk. It's about you. Get yourself ready. Don't just go in there terrified and expect it to go well. It's not gonna happen. So I, I need you to take ownership. That's number one. I need you to notice your reactions, notice your things, and be doing something actively about it. Step number two. When you've done step number one, step number two is easier. And that's really to find the love. Now that you see yourself more clearly as you relate to this person, it's time to see them more clearly. This is a person run by fear. What was I just talking about? Think about it. Again, someone who has high confidence, someone who has high self-esteem, never feels the need to threaten. 
lose their shit or react defensively to you. They don't. That's it's not how they operate. It's not how they operate. This aggressive person is showing you their low self-esteem, their inability to manage themselves. They're showing you that they feel inadequate and scared. It's sad and deserves your empathy and your compassion. Okay. That's what it deserves. Uh, but let me say this, this person does not need your sympathy. When I said it was sad, I realized those words might be triggering some people. That I'm not talking about sympathy, okay? This isn't about feeling sorry for them and oh, those poor people and pitying them. Sympathy, the only time I think sympathy is a cool deal is if you're dealing with, you know, someone died. Uh, you know, my, 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 someone died, right? My, my friend's parent died, father died or something. Yeah. I'm going to have sympathy for my friend. I'm going to, what can I do? Can I bring you anything? How can I be there for you? That's sympathy. That's great. Otherwise, but that's not what you need here. You need this person, this aggressive confrontational person doesn't need your sympathy. They don't need you. Oh, this poor guy. Oh, he's just got low self-esteem. I feel so bad. And then you're still running around like a crate, you know, triggered and upset and not dealing with them. That's not it. Or you are talking to them, but it's in a way that's sort of condescending because you, you know, the poor baby. No, screw that. It's, it's really about empathy and compassion. If you have sympathy in these moments, you'll, you'll get codependent or again, or, or condescending because you'll either feel sorry for them. So ignore what they're feeling and avoid speaking to them about it, or you'll say something to them that's pitying and unhelpful, right? So either of those reactions creates disconnection. It doesn't get you anywhere. And so empathy is where you want to be. And, you know, I have a whole, I know I did a whole episode on empathy. <laughs> Got over 200 episodes, people. I've done a lot. I've said a lot on this, on this on this show. I you can learn. I have my five steps to empathy. I love that episode. I did, I feel like I knocked that one out of the park. If it if empathy is something you want to improve, if I'm talking to you right now and you're like, you are 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 you on another planet, Abby? Are you speaking a language I don't speak? Like, what the hell? If that's what you're thinking right now, you really do have to work on your empathy and you should go back and listen to that. I, as always, everything I say, I will link to in the show notes if you want to come over to the website. You know, it's also on the blog post page, but um, on the website, abbymetcalf.com, I make it so easy for you because I love you so much and I want you to get the information. So you can learn about my five steps to empathy if it's something you want to improve. Okay. But in the meantime, practice compassion and try to find, you know, try to find the love as you see this aggressive person as a scared child instead of a scary monster. They're doing the best with the tools they have and their tools suck right now. I know. So, you know, this isn't about putting yourself in their shoes. That's not what empathy is anyway. And if you don't know that, then you really need to go listen to my episode. So, so pop on over or search empathy on my website. You'll find it, look it up or Abby. I'm sure you can search for it even on the podcast platforms. If you put Abby Metcalf empathy, I'm sure that episode would come up. Um, but you see where I'm going here? Okay. That's step two. Step three is to be assertive. Now that you see yourself and your own reactions, and you're seeing the other person from a more compassionate and clear stance, 
it's time to take some action, right? It's But again, I have these steps in order for this reason. Don't take action before you've done the other two or the action, and I, you might've tried that and realized it's failed. That's why it's failed. Because you really have to do the work. I, I say this all the time. It's like you're always building a house and people always wanna start decorating the second floor when they don't have a foundation on their house. And you can decorate all you want, but, but before too long, that thing is gonna come down. And that's why people have short-term, gains and not long-term gains. That's why people listen to podcasts like this. They listen to episodes and they try the tools and they don't work and they go, oh, it didn't work, Abby. Did you do it? Like I said, or did you do it the way you felt like? Did you just go confront them or say something without doing the other two steps? That's why it didn't work. Are you not meditating or at least being mindful every day? Are you not you know, taking responsibility? Are you blaming them for your reactions? Then you're not listening to me. So, hey, listen. Okay, so after steps one and two, it's time to take some action. It's time for our friend, assertive communication. At its core, assertive communication comes from respect and compassion for yourself and the other person. That's what assertive communication is, as opposed to being an aggressive communicator where you only care about yourself. You're, you, there is no respect or compassion for the other person or their opinions. That's how you tell the difference, right? Between assertive and aggressive. That's what that is. It means you care about what others, right? You, you care about what others are thinking or how they are. You care about them, but you don't worry about them. You don't worry about other people and their reactions. That, that's the difference in there. So, and being an assertive communicator will help you in all areas of your life, okay? And I know you're going to be shocked to hear that I did an entire episode on assertive communication. <laughs> so again, I'll link to it. Please go check that out. But, but for now, here are some things you can do to deal with this aggressive or confrontational person that, that are examples of assertive communication. Again, to get really better at it, I'd rather you went back and listened to the whole episode, but, but I'm going to give you some love right now, okay? It, you know what? And I'm going to have something free for you too. I'm going to have a little download for you. That's who loves you? Abby does. Um, because the first thing that can be very helpful after you've checked in with yourself after you've tried to, you know, see this person through a different lens, a wonderful thing to use is what I call the I feel formula. And that is, um, and um, and so if you come to the website, if you go to the, you know, abbymetcalf.com and go to the podcast page, forward slash podcast, or the relationship tips and tools page, however you like to access stuff on my website, because I always do a corresponding blog for every pretty much every episode, not when I do interviews, but other than that, there's a corresponding blog. And on there, you'll see a link for the I feel formula and you can click on that. It will ask for your email, which means you'll go on my email list. And I don't know why you're not on my email list already. My email list is fab. Uh, it's a weekly love letter that I send out and that's really what it is. I don't sell you things. I don't, it's not, it's just meant to inspire you. There is no skanky, weird, <laughs> sleazy thing about it. 
Nothing sleazy about it. I'm here to help you. That's what I'm doing. If you want to buy my book and do the things, if you want to spend some money, great. Wonderful way to support me. Thank you. I would love that. And you can get everything for free. It's not a scam. So, but you're going to be on my list. If you don't want to stay on the list, just unsubscribe when it comes. Just, I, I make it easy to unsubscribe. It's not hard. Just hit unsubscribe when the email comes. I would try to read one first though. For, I would try to read one first to see if you like them because I think you will. I think they're kind of fabulous and many thousands of people would agree who are on the list who open them every week and look forward to them. Um, so it would put you on the list, but again, you cannot subscribe. And I won't know if you unsubscribe. There's <laughs> thousands of people on that list. I, I'm not going to notice if someone opts out. Okay. So no worries. Um, no, no, all love, all love. So the I feel formula is. I feel when you and I need, and again, you can come download this to make it easy, but basically that's what it is. I feel when you and I need. So it, with this confrontational person, let's say you're at work and, you know, someone comes at you about something in the project, you know, like you, you have to work on a team with someone. I get this a lot, you know, someone's on a team they have to work on something and the other person is like in their face. You want to say, I feel, uh, sad, angry, defensive, <laughs> upset, worried, concerned, went, which I, don't do all those. You know what I'm saying? I'm just giving you examples of feelings. Okay. I feel, put a real feeling in, not, I feel that you should. Okay. That's not a feeling, a feeling, mad, glad, angry, sad, overwhelmed, shy, whatever, a feeling. I feel, you can say more than one feeling, but don't give a list, you know, one or two feelings. When you and then say what they did. When you um, come at me in this way, and I need, and then you say what you need, and I need for us both to just take a breath and start again, or I need for you to please sit down. You know, maybe they got up and were in your face, and I need whatever, whatever you need, and just keep it all short and sweet. Okay, short and sweet. Don't go into long diatribes. I, I explain all this on the sheet. So, uh, you know, I go into more detail about how to use it. But the I feel formula is a winner. It, it's so good. I call it the 100% guarantee. It will work if you stick to it. And it will really help get people into the moment, into where the here and now. And when, because again, if you remember that this person who's aggressive and confrontational has other issues, it, really helps them connect to, you know, their themselves again, instead of you know, all this inadequacy and insecurity and fear. And it just brings everything f to the here and now where you can work on it. So it works amazing. Another tool is your mantra. Have a mantra at the ready. I can't control what they're doing, but I can control my response. That should be your mantra. As someone is coming at you or as you are feeling something, you feel like someone's aggressive or before you even go in the office or into your, their, your parents' home or wherever this aggressive confrontational person is, before you even, you know, run into them, I would just whew, take a breath, one, you know, long, slow exhale <laughs> and close your eyes and say, I can't control what they're doing, but I absolutely can control my response. And, you know, just having that and being clear and knowing you're in control. Asking them just how they feel is often another tool that really works. Just stopping and saying, can you tell me how you're feeling right now as you're talking to me? They'll try to give you thoughts, but if you can keep at them, you'll eventually get a feeling. 
right? You will, I promise. You just have to stick with it. Or you know what has happened? I shouldn't say I promise because they might not give you a feeling, but you know what? The other thing they'll do is they'll walk away. They get so frustrated with you focusing on the feeling that because and they'll say, well, I'm just trying to talk about whatever, or I'm just trying to get through to you, or I'm just, it's usually I'm just something. And you say, okay, we can talk in a second. I need to know right this moment what you're feeling. And they'll either give you the feelings finally, which breaks them down a bit and they'll calm down and they'll be there with you. Or they can't, they're so far from it and they'll walk away. Either way, you're, you're left feeling better, right? Um, and you just always have to remember that we connect with feelings, not thoughts. So just connecting in this way is a step to true connection and shifting the trajectory of the conversation, which is really what you're trying to do. Getting in the person in the here and now like that, when you ask how are you feeling right now, it really often stops the aggression. They're scared. So if you can get them into the moment and to a place where they don't feel a need to defend themselves, the aggression does calm. I know, it's great. Another tool, of course, is to hold your boundary. Be clear with yourself. You don't even have to announce it to them. You be clear with yourself about what specific responses you'll have if they continue to act this way with you in this conversation and then follow through. This is all about the follow through. If you, you know, if they start acting aggressively to you and you can, you can say in the moment, uh, I don't, this conversation isn't going anywhere. If you can't calm down with me, if you can't talk to me more rationally, if you, whatever, whatever it is that you want, I'm going to leave. Then you do need to leave if they keep coming at you. Do you know what I mean? Or I'm going to need to talk to your supervisor or I'm, I'm just going to end this conversation and then go do the, finish the project my own way or whatever, whatever it is that this is about. But you, you know, I've said this a million times, a boundary isn't a boundary if it doesn't have a response or a consequence. I, I don't like that word consequence, but you get the idea. Otherwise, it's just like a, a thing you want to dream <laughs> otherwise. But when you have the boundary, when you have the other side, that's when things happen. Okay. The other thing, the other tool to, you know, for your, which is for yourself is to remember that their reactions are a hundred percent about them. And no matter how much they might try to deflect or, or place their reactions on you, what others say and do is a projection of their own reality a hundred percent of the time. Don't take it personally. This is a hundred percent about them, not you. End of, end of. I I don't know how else to say that. Every time, and this is for anyone who reacts to you, because you know you can say everything the most perfect way possible and people still can have a certain reaction because it's about them. People's reactions are about them. By the way, your reactions are about you. I I really, it makes my blood boil (laughs) when, when someone acts shitty to someone else and says, yeah, but you know, you are really pushing me. So, you know, I had like where they blame their response, their reactions on someone else. No, just cut that crap out. I, that makes me nuts. Don't do it. Don't do it. Victim, victim stuff. Again, people like to be, act like victims and and people are not victim. You're not a victim. So those are my tools. Again, how to be an assertive and effective communicator is the name of the podcast that you want to go check out. If you want to really get good at this assertive communication thing. 
come download the I Feel formula. Um, it's really, I think, going to help you. And it's nice to have it written and right there. You can hang it, print it out and hang it on the fridge or whatever else. Um, and, and we did it. <laughs> this episode I've been trying to do for months is done. <laughs> I hope everyone had a really safe and happy new year. You'll be listening to this sometime in January. Um, and, uh, please know that I'm thinking about you. I am sending you big, big love, big love, big love. I adore you. You can do this. I have complete faith and I'm really happy you're here with me. It's wonderful to spend time with you. All right. Take care. Have a great week and I will see you soon. Thank you for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with wonderful me, Dr. Abby Metcalf. And I've got two quick things to say. Just give me one more minute. First, I love spending this time with you and I work hard to make sure every single episode is going to help you move from any feelings of frustration or resentment or anxiety to that connected, hopeful, confident. That's always my goal. So if you have any ideas for a future episode or just want to say hi, let me know what the podcast is doing for you. Anything, you can email me at abby at abbymedcalf.com. How simple is that? And the second thing I want to say is if you like the podcast, you're going to go crazy, crazy for my book. My book is really good. I'm really proud of it. You can find it on Amazon or on my website under the shop section on my website at abbymetcalf.com. It's called Be Happily Married, Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. And even if your partner will do a thing, the book will still really help you. So that's it. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon.